You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Margareta Dovgal, Managing Director at Resource Work Society. This week's topic is why the Conservative Party is pivoting to a new policy approach on economic reconciliation, what it might mean, and other news in natural resources. Margareta, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Wonderful to be here. Good morning. Now, let's start off with news from Ottawa. Opposition leader Pierre Polyev has announced a new policy framework for the sharing of taxation revenues with First Nations. Tell us about it. Well, the important thing to note here, first of all, is that the Conservatives are not presently in power. Uh, So while their proposal on uh, sharing revenues from the taxation of natural resources is pretty intriguing, they are not in a position to implement it. Uh, Of course, they win the next general election, which is expected in a couple of years' time. Uh, but that said, it's a very interesting idea, and I feel like, honestly, some of the coverage has missed the finer points. Looking at you, CBC News, uh, essentially the idea is that the federal government would cede some of its taxation authority to First Nations, uh, but only those who want it, not imposing it on any nation that either feels they don't have the need for it or don't have the capacity for it. And that would be, I'd say, kind of similar to what provinces have, uh, without going uh, all the way through to a constitutional amendment, of course, uh, and taxation, uh, whether it's provincial or federal, is all ultimately administered by a national body, the Canada Revenue Agency. But the provincial rates are set by the provinces, and those revenues are directly returned to them. And the CBC, in this case, uh, has promised uh, to launch a consultation to assess demand among First Nations for the idea, see if there's really uptake. Uh, and they really framed it as an idea that reflects uh, recent uh, proposals in the economic reconciliation space and one that would ultimately be designed in concert with Indigenous communities. Uh, Polyev's team has also been pretty clear to note that avoiding paternalism requires moving away from a one-size-fits-all policy solution. Um, so they want to do it collaboratively, consultatively. And I think as a whole, this also tracks with what I understand to be a pretty healthy respect for decentralization, uh, you know, principally by Pierre Polyev, but also by his team and an overall objection to the government. And what better way to accomplish it than uh, by working closely with First Nations to do it. Understandable. And what would such an approach mean for the Conservative Party in an election or in the lead into one? Well, I think as a whole, it signals a fairly sizable shift. Uh, the federal and provincial government, uh, you know, here in B.C. and nationally, uh, have both sought to move away from litigation, uh, court cases, as the arena where Indigenous rights are asserted and clarified. You know, just look at the Blue Ring River First Nation decision. The BC government had the option of appealing it. Uh, it could have spent years working its way up to the Supreme Court of Canada, uh, but they decided, no, we're just going to, instead of fighting the nation on it, uh, and, and they had, they're part of the, the Treaty 8 nations in the northeast of the province, uh, we're going to work consultatively with them to develop a framework, uh, the details of which are still not 100% announced, but there was a fairly sizable announcement about this uh, about two weeks ago. Um, and for the Conservatives, this signals a bit of a shift. Um, they opposed the Federal Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples uh, Act legislation in 2021. Um, of course, uh, that was the past. Today is the present. Um, and I think as a whole, they're really trying to plug the gap in public perception. You know, what is the Conservative Party? What does it stand for? What is its perspective on uh, indigeneity and the rights of Indigenous communities? Um, but there's also an electoral component. Um, the demographics of Indigenous peoples vary tremendously across the country. Uh, and so does how they vote, actually. Uh, you know, there's pockets where there's strong liberal support 
Um, there's pockets where there's predominantly, overwhelmingly NDP support and pockets where Indigenous people tend to vote Conservative. And then everyone's an individual, so you get every variation under the sun in terms of what people's uh, voting preferences tend to be. Uh, but it is possible that Pierre uh, could pick up a little bit more support from especially rural First Nations who are interested in pursuing this pathway. Uh, it also has the effect of pressing the Liberals to deliver more. Um, but, you know, let's face it, after seven and a bit years in government, uh, we're not much closer to reforming the Indian Act, which really frames the relationships between uh, First Nations communities and uh, the government of Canada. Uh, it's a gargantuan task, one that uh, many series of governments have, have said, uh, well, politicians have said is important. Uh, governments have not made uh, firm commitments on this file. Uh, you know, we hear that Jody Wilson-Raybould was quite a, uh, a thorn in the government side when she was in cabinet on this file, really pushing for some changes. Um, but ultimately, this comes down to the, the need, the expectation that engaging in a highly controversial change to this foundational, uh, racist, paternalistic legislation uh, would just burn political capital. Uh, it's not easy to get right. It takes ages and ages to fully unroll it. Uh, many nations that would have to be involved in the process uh, themselves barely have the human resources to deal with things uh, like proposals from industry that can immediately provide cash influxes to their nations. Um, so it's a, it's a really good and very complex challenge. But uh, I'm curious to see whether uh, this does have the effect of pushing liberals to announce more. Um, I think hearing the parties are acting ambitiously, ambitiously on one file, if it resonates and it uh, goes well with the, the electorate, uh, has the effect of pushing other parties uh, in the scene to also put their proposals forward. And in the context of reconciliation, I think it's a pretty important one. Finally, on this topic, what are the long-term implications for Canada? Well, I think in a general sense, um, this could provide the foundation for greater self-determination by Indigenous communities, um, with the uh, contrast that it could eat up the Canadian tax revenue base substantially. Uh, there was no specific percentage raised, uh, in uh, Polyev's uh, announcement. Uh, I'm sure that's something that would come out of the consultation process. Maybe it's a sliding scale. Um, but uh, on our stage, uh, we, we do an annual conference, Indigenous Partnership Success Showcase. Uh, we heard the former head of the BC Civil Service, Don Wright, pitch his idea. And he's out of government now, but has obviously worked on the file for many years. And he suggested that uh, a fair approximation would be somewhere in the 50-50 range. Uh, you know, 50% of all resource revenues uh, going to First Nations uh, would pull quite a bit from the uh, revenues that provincial uh, federal governments rely on. And if it's, you know, just exclusively focused on the federal, it would mean that uh, large chunks of the federal budget uh, would effectively disappear. Um, you know, Indigenous services uh, potentially would stick around if this proposal was followed through. Uh, but it's an interesting one. And uh, I think it does come back to these core questions about sovereignty and jurisdiction. Um, we're a country that occasionally struggles with national unity. We have constitutional consternation on a regular basis. Um, you know, Quebec uh, and Quebec separatism was a really good example from the last 30 years. Um, and I feel like the situation we find ourselves in right now is a really good example of the types of things that are potentially at stake, um, the purpose and the function and the cohesiveness of Canada, if we don't get this kind of stuff right. Um, and ultimately, on the land back question, uh, because that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about restoring uh, the taxation authority to nations who preceded the arrival of Europeans on this continent, um, there is a possibility to right past wrongs. Um, but I'm also concerned that if this isn't done intelligently, uh, it could steer us towards uh, a less cohesive, less common, less unified 
uh, future in what is quickly becoming a very uncertain world with climate change, geopolitical tensions and the like. Lastly, could you get us up to speed on the B.C. delegation's visit to Ottawa this week? That's right. Uh, Premier David Eby and uh, six of his ministers uh, in cabinet uh, have actually been in Ottawa this week on a mission uh, asking for federal funds for a variety of things, uh, including housing, health care and climate. Um, those are all you know, top priorities that are hitting really, really hard. Uh, safety has come up as well, uh, public safety, as the Vancouver municipal elections this past fall uh, made really clear. Uh, voters have absolutely had it with uh, government failure, whether it comes municipally, provincially, or federally, uh, in the sense that there's uh, increased uh, challenges with safety in the downtown core of major cities. Um, so that's having quite an effect. Uh, I think on the housing side, we've also never seen quite this level of urgency. The municipal election also reaffirmed that you know, parties uh, across the province that were running on pro-housing platforms tended to do better than ones that weren't. Um, so I'm really curious to see what comes out of it. I haven't heard that there's been any firm commitments, but uh, one interesting tidbit I did hear was that uh, um, the, uh, the base uh, in Esquimalt, uh, CSB Esquimalt, uh, or is it Comox, um, Maybe I'm mixing up my, my military bases here. Um, there's a proposal because it's close to the Victoria Corps uh, for some of the land there to potentially be set aside for housing. Um, so that's a really interesting and innovative proposal, and I'm curious to see if the federal government follows up with it. Yeah, lots to look forward to there. Margareta, thank you so much. As always, appreciate your time. You take care and have a good weekend. You too. All the best.